What's good, everyone? G Money Stacks, aka Lonely Nomad, aka the Greginator, aka the Rookie of New York, and I want to talk to you about Anchor and my show. Anchor is a free hosting site and phone app which is owned by Spotify. It's the easiest, awesome way to make a podcast. Why are you wasting your money paying for a hosting site to promote your podcast with limited storages? Forget about it. I'll explain. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit, monetize, add music intros, music outros, uploading episodes with unlimited storages of your podcast right from your phones, computers, laptops, and tablets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, you get sponsorships. It's everything you need to make a podcast, including the listeners supporting your show. That way, you can listen to the episodes of my show off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast, the unfiltered comedy show about the stories mixed with entertainment, music, real life segments, and much more. Now, where can you find, follow, and listen to the show, you ask? You can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram, which is off the Meat Rat Chains NY podcast, alongside with my Instagram handle. G Money Stacks 555 in Queens and Queens, New York. To spell it out is O F F T H E M E A T R A C K C H A I N Z N Y P O D C A S T, all in one word. Now, streaming platforms, in case you missed any of the episodes, we are on Anchor. Audio Burst, Breaker, Podorama, Listen Notes, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Play FM, Tune In, Google Podcasts, and please don't forget that Off the Meat Rat Change New York podcast is on Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. If you have a dream of creating and becoming a podcaster like myself and individual friends that is co-hosting with me, go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. If I could do it and reach success, so can you. Let's go.
Okay, we are live and direct on YouTube. Five, four, three, two, one. Good evening, new listeners and current listeners from all around the world. That's that's tuning in from from Canada, the USA, areas of Long Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Manhattan, Bronx, Staten Island, and Queens. This is your host with the most G-Money Stacks, a.k.a. Lonely Nomad, a.k.a. The Greginator, a.k.a. Rookie Podcaster of Queens, New York. And you are now tuning in, listening, and rocking with Off the Meat Rat Chains New York Podcast, episode 38. That's right. Episode 38. We're almost at 40, so, so just give it time. Before I even get to the YouTube thing, I'm going to start off with an applause. Now, if you are new to the channel and a new listener and you missed previous recorded episodes of the podcast, don't worry. I got you. I need you to go to G Money Stacks 555. Be sure to tap on the notification bell so you can be alerted of when the show goes in the air live. Like, leave a comment on the episodes, including the topics that was discussed. Um, upcoming episodes, previous recorded episodes, and of course. <clears throat> And of course, don't forget to download your favorite episodes along with sharing the, sh the podcast with audio streaming platforms, which I will go over at the end of the show. Um, so let's let's get let's get to it now before I even get to before I even get to um, the first topic of chatting on the jazz, I want to shout out the countries outside of the United States that's been tuning in. So let's start there and then I'll get to the states towards the end of this toward the end of the show. So it's only right if I actually you know start with that. Um just give me a second as I look for it. Give me a second. Okay, hold on, hold on, guys. So let's start off with um, the United Kingdom, right? So we got some listeners in the United Kingdom, which is England. And we have people from Canada, the British Columbia, also tuning in. Um, also, we have, we have, there's no data. There's no data for, um, all right. All right, so we have people that's tuning in from Jerusalem, Central District, 
and we have people that's tuning in from of course india which is mahara maharashtra of course another place i can't really pronounce so bear with me folks um we got people tuning in from australia queensland south new south wales we also have people that's also tuning in from let's take a look at there's no data there's no data on this um let's go to of course you got people tuning in from brazil sir 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 gaip sale pale um um also we have we also have people that's also listening from south africa western cape um also you got people from it's not enough data um also let's take a look at spain not enough data for those countries that's been tuning in to the show thank you thank you thank you so much for tuning in and this is very much appreciated so so um whatever states i don't get to i'll shout i'll shout y'all out before i close the show so with that being said i would like to start off with the segment called chatting all the jazz now now hold on a minute for those of you who are new to the channel and new listeners chatting on the jazz is basically a segment about about the topics that we that catches the interest and will be discussed each week. So, so hold on, hold on a second. Now, our first topic of the day um, has to do with the homeless crisis in California. So we're going to start there. We're going to start there. Um, just bear with me, folks. Bear with me. Bear with me. All right. So we have a homeless problem in California. I'll get to New York in a sec. Um, according to the New York Post, the famed boardwalk in Venice, California, has reportedly turned into a large, dangerous homeless encampment. According to fed-up residents who are calling for action amid a series of crimes and drug use in the area, the L.A. neighborhood site of the tree-spirited boardwalk frequent, frequented by colorful street performers entertain, entertaining visitors strolling by funky stores has been hit with a spate of violent incidents, Fox News reported. 
On April 28th, a man survived a shooting at the coastal hotspot known for its bohemian spirit. The LAPD told the network a recent explosion caused a fire inside one of the encampments dotting the walkway known as Ocean Front Walk. Residents and merchants are dismayed over the recent incidents which occurred amid the expansion of local unsightly encampments, as well as a citywide homeless crisis that has grown worse in recent years, according to the news outlet. Over the over five years, the homeless population has increased by 50%, Fox News reported, citing a January report from a Luskin Center for History and Policy at UCLA. Kevin Buttress, 32, who owns the Exquisite Barber Lounge, told Fox News he was attacked in November by a pit bull owned by a homeless person and was knocked out cold with a skateboard. Oh boy. I've given a lot of, of myself to the community of Venice Beach, said Buttress. <laughs> I can't believe that's his name, who has owned his business for five years. And to see everything just fall into pieces, it's messed up. He said, his alleged attacker was collared but released days later amid efforts by L.A. County officials to reduce the number of inmates over concerns about the spread of COVID-19. During the pandemic, almost 200 tents have been erected on the boardwalk, according to a letter signed by hundreds of residents, Fox News reported. Venice World, Famous Beach, and Boardwalk are crippled, the letter states. Local children are refusing to come come to the beach because they are frightened by what they've witnessed. Seniors who live on or near the Boardwalk are terrified of walking in their own neighborhoods. Venice Neighborhood Council member Soldat Ursula said store owners used to clear some of the tents but not but excuse me but that months of lockdown and business closings amid the pandemic have led to a surge in the number of encampments you make sure to get home by dusk ursula told fox news there's there's fights multiple times a day on the ocean front stabbings shootings are happen weekly it's just a dangerous time to be a venice resident right now wow i don't blame these people violent robberies in the neighborhood have jumped by 177 percent and the number of cases of assault with a deadly weapon involving a number of homeless person have spiked by 162, according to LAPD stats the council shared with Fox News. In January, a fire that apparently started at 
and encampment spread to a building on the boardwalk and destroyed it. The Los Angeles Fire Department told the outlet last month, a family pooch was killed in a house fire that some believe was started by local homeless people. Togo became the latest victim in Venice, Venice's continued degeneration when a transient threw an accelerant into his home, burning him alive. Ouch. An online tribute says, according to Fox News, my boring, the local councilman told the outlet in a statement, the, the surest way to prevent fires at homeless encampments is to help people move off the streets, out of encampments and into housing or shelter. He said he was working with the fire department on a new program that would help would focus on engaging the homeless in an effort to prevent fire risk and to respond to emergencies. Buttress says shelters aren't the solution since many homeless are happy living on the beach. Most of them are content with living on the beach because they don't want to have a curfew. Somebody given any rules and them not being able to do the drugs that they do and not be able to behave the way they want to behave. And and of course, nobody's talking about the, the homeless crisis that's been going on in New York, that's been going on for years. And I really feel bad for the people in California who have to deal with all, all this. So, um, I'm gonna address the homelessness in in New York in a second. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty sad to see people that's out on the street. So, so let's get to it. According to the New York Times, um. The city council voted overwhelmingly to increase a housing subsidy in hopes of making thousands of apartments affordable to people who are homeless or facing eviction. For nearly a decade, New York City has struggled to help homeless people find apartments of their own as rents hovered in the stratosphere and the number of people stuck in shelters surged past 60,000. Wow. So on Thursday, the city council took its most dramatic step in years to address the city's affordable housing crisis, voting overwhelmingly to expand a subsidy program in ways that could make apartments affordable to tens of thousands of people who are homeless or threatened with eviction. Quote, it is my hope that this will give people an opportunity to have a solid roof over their heads for them and their families, City Councilman Stephen Levin. The bill's main sponsor said during the vote, adding that it would be an important bill in the lives of many New Yorkers. 
the measure in the nation's largest and one of its most expensive cities comes as a homelessness crisis is being pushed to the forefront around the country with a growing encampment in Washington, D.C., blocks from the Federal Reserve and a spike in the homeless population predicted in Los Angeles, California. Homelessness nationwide was rising even before the pandemic, according to officials. The council voted almost unanimously to sharply increase the value of housing vouchers provided by the city which have for years been so low as to be almost worthless with only about 350 per month people per month to be exact able to find an apartment using the voucher before the pandemic according to the council the value of the new vouchers would be in line with fair market rent for a family of three seeking a two-bedroom apartment, the maximum voucher allowance could jump by 40% from 1,000, I repeat, 1,580 dollars. The increase is expected to have significant effect. According to an analysis by the real estate site Street Easy, as of late last year in New York, there were just 564 apartments listed at rents low enough that the voucher would cover them. At the high end of the range, set by the city council there were nearly 72,000 apartments available that is a staggering number mr levin said a 12,000% difference advocates for landlords and tenants alike welcome the legislation though some people who fight for homeless new yorkers said the bill had been weakened just before passage in ways that made the voucher less valuable and stable. The vouchers subsidized tenants by paying the landlord the difference between 30% of the tenant's income and the actual rent up to the maximum allowance. Under the bill, they would be available to households with incomes below 250% of the federal poverty level, about $32,000 for a single person or $55,000 for a family of three. Yeah, that's a lot. They are also available to the New Yorkers who are not homeless but face possible eviction, a number that could e explode later this year if a pandemic-long moratorium on evictions, which has helped 
reduce the number of families in shelters is allowed to expire. More than 48,000 people, including over 15,000 children, are currently staying in the city's main shelter system. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Mayor Bill de Blasio has refused to support the voucher increase time, excuse me, unless the state raises the level of vouchers it offers, which, which it, excuse me, which it has declined to do. Um, all right, hold on a minute. Which decline, okay, hold on to do. But the council's vote Thursday was veto-proof. The council estimates the net cost to the city of the new vouchers would be about 900, I repeat, $900 million over five years regarding an, an approximately 6% increase to the city's $3 billion a year budget to address homelessness. Yes. Okay, but the supporters of the new vouchers claim that over time they would actually net the city savings in the tens of millions. This is because the city pays more than $6,000 per month to how to house a family in a regular shelter and eight thousand dollars per month to put one up in a hotel if a two thousand dollar two two thousand two hundred monthly voucher enables a family to move from a hotel to an apartment six months sooner the city would save more than thirty thousand dollars over those six months the win shelter network the city's largest operator of shelters projects that over five years the higher vouchers will help more than 13,000 shelter families find permanent homes thousands more single adults in shelters would be helped by the measure which raises allowance for a single person from 1000 $1, $1,265 to $1,900 and yeah yeah um all right Rarely can you do so many good things at once as we're doing in this bill. Wins execute executive director to be exact. Christine Quinn herself, a former city council speaker, said at the rally for the bill on Tuesday. In quotes. Okay, hold on. For Loretta Phelps, who has lived with her children for two and a half years in a former hotel near LaGuardia Airport that was converted to a homeless shelter. The in excuse me, the increase could not come soon enough.
end quote. It's one single room for all of us, Ms. Phelps, who has a 19-year-old son and a 12-year-old daughter, said of the hotel unit. It's not an apartment. They make, make it very clear. It has a stove but no oven, a mini fridge, two bunk beds, and precious little else. Ms. Phelps, age 43, a former health aide, said she had gone to see more than 50 apartments around the city, hoping to find one decent one where the landlord could be convinced to accept the voucher. End quote. I've looked and I looked and I've looked and I've looked and I've looked. I've got nothing, she said. Affordable housing advocates and groups representing the homeless had sought for years to increase the value of the voucher, which is known, now known by the unweedly named City, City Phelps for Family Homeless and Eviction Prevention Supplement. The measures progress through the gears of the lawmaking machinery has been glacial. Early last year, when the Office of the City Council Speaker issued a 200-page report on homelessness, expanding vouchers was one of its main recommendations. We cannot expect folks to get the help that they need without a stable roof over their head, the Council Speaker Corey Johnson said this week. The increase would make the city FEPS voucher equivalent to the federal Section 8 housing voucher, the holy grail of subsidized housing with a year's long wait list. Landlord groups applauded the move. What we're talking about is access and the ability to have an even playing field, said Basha, Basha Gerhardt's. Senior Vice President of Planning for the Real Estate Board of New York, which represents the city's biggest landlords. One voucher shouldn't be worth more than another voucher. Mr. de Blasio withheld his support for the plan because he said if the city voucher became more valuable than the state voucher, landlords would prioritize city voucher holders and effectively accelerate a long trend under Governor Andrew M. Cuomo of the state, pushing safety net costs onto the city. We're willing to go to a higher level, but, we're, but we've got to do it in coordination with the state or else we are just robbing Peter to pay Paul, Mr. Diwali, <laughs> excuse me, Mr. de Blasio said earlier this month, his social services commissioner, Stephen Banks, put the dilemma more tartly at a May 10th city council budget hearing, telling Mr. Levin, bargaining with Albany is not very successful. If you say, Albany, please do this. But if you don't, we'll do it ourselves. 
a spokesman for the state office of temporary and disability assistance, which oversees the state voucher program suggested that if the state raised the voucher level, landlords would increase rents to take advantage. Rent supplements are most effective when provided in a targeted manner and on an as needed basis. The spokesman Anthony Farmer said, adding that the state's approach avoided the unintended consequence of artificially raising rents. State Senator Brian Kavanaugh, who represents parts of Manhattan and Brooklyn and is sponsoring a bill to increase the state voucher level, disagreed calling the state's decision to set the voucher maximum lower capricious. The de Blasio administration points out that people can leave the shelter system without the city voucher by moving in with family members or using a limited one-year voucher. City programs have helped more than 140 thousand people moved from shelter rooms to apartments since 2014 the city says but in the city as chronologically chronically affordable as new york people who leave shelters without a permanent subsidy are up to 20 times more likely to return within a year according to city statistics The move to increase the vouchers comes at a rare opportune moment for tenants in New York City as rents have fallen during the pandemic. The Street Easy survey found that the number of apartments with rents that a Section 8 voucher would cover more than doubled between late 2019 and late 2020. Many landlords complain that navigating the bureaucracy to get paid by the city is torture, and some refuse to accept the vouchers, which is illegal in most cases. The new bill does not address these issues. While advocates for homeless people applauded the passage of the bill, some complained about last-minute changes that watered down some of its provisions. One change gives the city leeway to set the voucher cap several hundreds, several hundred dollars lower than the Section 8 level. Another restricts eligibility, eligibility to be exact, for voucher holders whose income increases. In quote, we didn't we did not get all the reforms we needed, Joseph Loon Loonum, the housing campaign coordinator for Vocal NY, a nonprofit coalition of community activists said in a statement. Um hold on a second, folks. Mr. Levin said the changes should not make a substantive difference. 
it's absolutely my understanding that the final version of this bill sets the rent levels at the same level as Section 8 vouchers in New York City. And I and I'll make sure that's the case. Simone Reed, who lives with her two children in a Wynn family shelter in East Harlem and has held a city voucher since last September, said that she thought she had finally found a promising apartment at a couple of months ago, <clears throat> only to have the landlord illegally ask for a $3,400,000 um, for uh, a front payment in return for accepting a voucher. Jeez Louise. He told me, I know it's hard for you people to get apartments, she said. Miss Reed, 20, age 28, says she has grown exasperated with the voucher program. It's supposed to help us, she said, but it just makes it harder for us. Okay. Man, let me let me just say this right here before I even go to the next topic right here. Um this is crazy. This is crazy what um what not only California has to deal with, but but also New York's been dealing with this homeless crisis for years. Um, I remember seeing homeless people not just in Times Square, but also but also by you know certain subway stations, including the one by Jamaica Avenue, like I always see. I mean, something has to give to help these to help these people. Like this is this is ridiculous. Enough of the fucking politics already. It's like. Are you really for? Are you really? For, are you really for the people, or are you just? Or are you just being selfish and being greedy over money? Come on, man, get 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 your shit together, all right? Just get the shit together. And speaking of New York homelessness, we have we have another issue. So, MTA has been breached by computer hackers, and cyber attacks has surged. Why is this happening with all these cyber cyber attacks? I don't have all the answers to this, but this article will will set things straight here. Here we go. Hackers with suspected ties to China penetrated the New York New York Transit Agency's computer system in April. An MCA document shows transit officials say the intrusion did not pose a risk to riders. Okay, that's a good thing. Um, a backing group believed to have links to the Chinese government penetrated the Metropolitan Transportation Authority's computer systems in April, exposing vulnerabilities in a vast transportation network that carries millions of people every day, according to an MTA document that 
outlined the brand, the breach. The hackers did not gain access to systems that controlled train cars and rider safety was not at risk. Thank, thank goodness everybody is safe. Transit officials said, adding that the intrusion appeared to have done little, if any, damage. But a week after the agency learned of the attack, officials raised concerns that hackers could have entered those operational systems or that they could continue to penetrate the agency's computers um, systems through a backdoor. The document also shows. Transit officials say a forensic analysis of the attack has not revealed evidence of either the either and that hackers did not compromise customers' personal information. The agency reported the attack to law enforcement and other state agencies, but has not disclosed it publicly. Oh, boy. <clears throat> the breach was the third and most significant cyber attack on the transit network. North America's largest by hackers thought to be connected to foreign governments in recent years. According to transit officials, the MTA is one of the growing number of transit agencies across the country targeted by foreign hackers and the breach comes during the surge of cyber attacks on critical American um, infrastructure from fuel pipelines to water supply systems. Jeez, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, I'd be screaming. I'd be upset, too. <laughs> I mean, I'll get to my thoughts in a sec. Um, a ransomware attack last month on the Colonial Pipeline, one of the nation's largest pipelines, led to a precautionary shutdown of a neck restriction from Texas to New York that carries nearly half the gasoline, diesel, and jet fuels for the East Coast. The shutdown caused panic buying across the Southeast as drivers scrambled to fuel their vehicles. Uh, and that's also happening in Georgia too, which I'll touch on that on a future episode. So anyway, in, a rec in recent months, cyber attacks have also crippled police departments in the District of Columbia and elsewhere, as well as hospitals treating coronavirus patients and intrusions that involve criminal groups holding data hostage and seeking payments to unlock the data. The attack on the MTA did not involve financial demands. Instead, appears to be of a recent series of widespread intrusions by sophisticated hackers believed to be backed by the Chinese government. According to FireEye, a private cybersecurity firm that works with the federal government and helped identify the, the breach. Oh boy. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me change this banner real quick. Let me change this banner. Um, 
me change this banner real quick. Um, all right. All right, here we go. Here we go. Um, all right, where did I leave? Okay. The broader hacking campaign compromised dozens of federal agencies, defense contractors, and financial institutions, among other sectors, and was discovered in late April. The Chinese government routinely denies carrying out hacking operations. It is unclear why the NCA was a target of the campaign, but investigators have several theories. One focuses on China's push to dominate the multi-billion billion dollar market for rail cars, an effort that could benefit from knowing more about the inner workings of a transit system that awards lucrative contracts. In recent years, China has used cyber attacks as a way to, to advance its economy and become the dominant global superpower, according to the Justice Department. Another more benign view is that hackers mistakenly entered the MTA system and discovered it was a little interest which cybersecurity experts say is not unusual. In, event, in any event, the hackers did not make any changes to the agency, agency's operations, collect any employee or customer information, like credit card numbers, or compromise any MTA accounts, transit officials said. Citing a forensic audit of the attack commissioned by the agency and conducted by IBM and Mandiant, a leading cybersecurity firm. The MTA's existing multi-layer security systems worked as a design preventing spread of the attack, said Rayfield Portner. Portner. Portner the MTH chief technology officer. We continue to strengthen these comprehensive systems and remain vigilant as cyber attacks are a growing global threat. A spokesman for the Department of Homeland Security, which is investigating the breach, declined to comment. The intrusion is the latest in an escalation of cyber attacks against American transit agencies, most of which are financially strapped and can usually only afford basic cybersecurity protections. A study last year by the Mineta Transportation Institute, a research organization, found that while over 80% of transportation agencies surveyed believed they were prepared to manage cybersecurity threats, only 60% had a cybersecurity plan in place. A lot of transit agencies don't have chief security officers, much less cybersecurity officers, says Scott Belcher, a consultant specializing in transportation technology who led the study. A ransom 
ransomware attack on the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency in 2016 disrupted ticketing systems, forcing the agency to provide free service for three days. In Texas, Fort Worth's region, regional transportation agency lost access to its IT systems. Data and customer support in 2019 after being attacked, um, hacked rather, um, by a ransomware group that threatened to expose public data. In October, a ransomware attack disrupted the Philadelphia Trans Transit Authority's operations for months after the agency was forced to block employees from accessing their small, excuse me, their email and stop providing real-time travel information to riders. Sacramento's transit agency and the state transportation um, department in Colorado have also been hit by cyber attacks in recent years. None of the attacks pose a physical threat to riders or drastically disrupted the train service, but they have impeded operations, threatened to drain millions of dollars in ransom demands and cost hundreds of thousands of dollars in forensic analysis after breaches were identified. Initially, you might think the biggest risk is the stuff you see in movies somebody taking over a bus remotely or taking over a train remotely and putting the passengers at risk, Mr. Belcher said. But recovering from the attacks is expensive, he said, which itself puts their ability to operate at risk. The attack against the MTA also comes amid growing concerns about the state owned China Railway Rolling Stock Corporation, the world's largest train car producer, which has aggressively pursued contracts to build rail yards for major cities. The company has won contracts in cities, including Boston, Chicago, Los Angeles, and Philadelphia. Many competitor competitors believed by underbidding competitors using state funds to underwrite the cost. The Chinese corporation has never produced rail cars for New York's transit agency, transit officials say, but it was a winner of an MTA challenge in 2018. Really? There was an MTA challenge? I got to look into that later. Soliciting ideas for upgrading the city's Asian rail network. The company had proposed investing $50 million to develop a new subway car for the agency. All right. As the threat of cyber attacks has grown and trade tensions between the U.S. and China have intensified the dominance of the state-owned company has raised worries among lawmakers, def defense officials, 
and industry experts that the equipment has left critical American transportation infrastructure vulnerable to cyber attacks. In 2019, Congress banned public transit agencies from using federal funds to purchase rail cars or buses from Chinese-owned companies and agreed to penalize any agencies that do so using their own funds. The latest breach at the NTA, combined with the recent increase in cyber attacks on transit agencies, has raised questions about the transit agency's cyber defenses. According to a government official with knowledge of the cyber attack and the steps the MTA took to address it, to gain access to the MTA, the other systems that hackers took advantage of vulnerabilities in Pulse Connect Secure, a widely used connectivity tool that offers workers remote access to their employers' networks. The cyber espionage campaign involved two groups of China-linked hackers, one of which was likely operating on behalf of the Chinese government, according to FireEye. The MTA systems appear to have been attacked on two days in the second week of April, and the access continued at least until the intrusion was identified on April 20th. The NTA document shows the hackers took advantage of a so-called zero day or a previous unknown coding flaw in software for which a patch does not exist. Hmm. Hackers gained access specifically to systems used by New York City Transit, which oversees the subway and buses, and by both the Long Island Railroad and Metro North Railroad, according to the MTA document outlining the breach. The hackers compromised three of the transit authorities, 18 computer systems, transit officials said. But Mr. Portnoy said there was no employee or customer information breach, no data loss, and no changes to our vital systems. Our response to the attack coordinated and managed closely with state and federal agencies demonstrated that while an attack itself was not preventable, our cybersecurity defense systems stopped it from spreading through MTA systems, he added. Once the board intrusions that included the MTA were identified in late April, the Department of Homeland Security, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, the National Security Agency, and the FBI issued an alert about the vulnerability. The software company that owns Pulse Connect Secure, um, Avanti, provided immediate steps to mitigate the damage and released a security update to fix the vulnerabilities. New York transit officials say 
FDA implemented the fixes within 24 hours of their release. After receiving the warning from security officials, the MTA quickly conducted the detailed forensics audit, which found malware in the authorities Pulse Connect secure applications. Transit officials said the malware included malicious software known as web shells, according to the MTA document, that typically provides hackers a backdoor to remotely access and in some cases control certain services, no, servers over a long period of time. Though the hackers did not make any ransom demands, experts say it is possible that they benefited financially from the attack in other ways. Hmm. Okay. There's a lot of avenues to monetize this access into this environment beyond the ransomware attack, said Rob McCluck. Senior Director of the Threat Response Unit at E. Centire, a cybersecurity company. Ongoing access can be interesting to many groups, even governments. Maybe there's a strategic, a, a strategic, excuse me, advantage to understanding the operating model of a transit agency. The forensic review also found signs that the hackers took steps to erase evidence of the intrusion, raising questions among law enforcement agencies about whether there were breaches the transit agency had not discovered, according to a government official familiar with the breach. The MTA required 3,700 employees and contractors or 5% of its total force, including contractors, to change personal passwords as a precautionary measure, according to the transit agency. The MTA also reset other digital certificates that, similar to passwords, enable access to the authority's network and migrated its systems from Pulse Connect Secure to a different vital private network. The response to the intrusion cost the agency an estimated $370,000. Wow. Okay. All right, my take on this is basically, yeah, I do feel bad. I do feel bad for the MTA who basically got hacked. And I'm not even sure how this has been happening, but it's it, it just seems to it just seems to me hackers have a sneaky way to to basically be, you know, throwing dangerous malware in order for them to to actually remotely control things which which i'm not which i'm not okay with if this was to happen to anybody that i knew 
including friends of mine who, who who go to work and they try to clock in and stuff like that, I would be upset too. I would actually try to get some help to 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 have um someone guide 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 them to to basically stop this this madness of these cyber hackers to actually you know trying to get away with things you know the 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 weird part about this story that i just read is they didn't ask for any ransom money that's the weird part and thank goodness no subway riders and and bus riders were were included in this matter so I'm really glad that this this is not happening to to these people. So, um, all right, let's go to let's go to LeBron James thing. Um, okay, so LeBron James has been an been NBA royalty for as long as he has been in it in the league. That's how it is for the 36-year-old, a four-time NBA champion with 17 all-star selections and a whopping 16 first, second, or third team all-star NBA selections. So the idea that he is treated differently than Kristaps Porzings should come as a surprise to no one. If you're talking about a friendly whistle by an official during a game, that's one thing. But the way the NBA handled James' health and safety protocol violation shortly before addressing a similar violation by Porzings, Porzings um, raised a lot more questions than answers. How did James wind up with nothing more than a league reprimand while Porzingis was on the hook for a $50,000 fine despite committing a, a violation that in the eyes of many was similar to what James did? Hmm. While there are factors that differentiate the violations. Some league executives contend that James' status was as big or an even bigger contribution com, contributor, excuse me, to him receiving a less severe punishment than Porzingis. It's a given that LeBron, because of who he is, is going to get some things to go his way that don't go that way for others, said an Eastern Conference executive. The thing that I struggle with um, understanding is the whole point of having all these health protocols is to keep players safe, right? Why are there layers to this? If you spell out the rules and the players violate them, why would you risk exposing them to their teammates. Hmm. Another Eastern Conference front office official added, the NBA is trying to have it both ways. They are taking his 
um, coronavirus seriously, they have from the jump, but they want the players to not feel restricted by the rules. What you wind up doing, you create more confusion to a process that's already kind of confusing because everything changes so quickly when it comes to what you can and what you can't. That's it. That's interesting. Hold on. That's very interesting. That's interesting. Um, poor Zinges attended a strip club last Saturday following Dallas game one with over the Los Angeles Clippers. And NBA rules prohibit players from going into a bar club lounge or similar establishment regardless of players vaccination status the nba quickly went into explaining the distinction shortly after porzingis fine was announced knowing it would inevitably be compared to james punishment while we understand the inclination to compare this incident to protocol violations by other players, including LeBron James, those facts are very different. NBA spokesman Mike Bass said in a statement, quote, LeBron briefly attended an outdoor event related to an individual commercial activity where everyone was either required to be vaccinated or returned a negative COVID test. The league reviews each potential protocol violation on a case-by-case basis and determines quarantines and imposes discipline based on the individual facts and circumstances of each matter. Mavericks coach Rick Kalissa told reporters, we've addressed it internally we obviously accept the league's ruling statement. Other than that, we have no comment on the matter. Oh, boy. As for James' violation, it occurred May 19th before the Los Angeles Lakers defeated the Golden State Warriors in their play-in matchup. James reportedly attended a promotional event prior to the game for a brand of tequila he has invested in. Canadian rapper, singer, actor, and entrepreneur Drake was in attendance at the outdoor event as well as the Warriors-Lakers game, along with actor Michael B. Jordan. Similar to Porzingis, James' attendance was a violation of the league's health and safety protocol. So why did poor Zingis have to fork over 50 grand? Straightforward precedent, actually. Houston Rockets guard Kevin Porter Jr. was fined 50 grand, $50,000. Yeah, you, you get the gist, for visiting a strip club in Miami last month. But if poor Zingis' attendance at the, strip, at the club posed no real health risk to other players and thus meant he didn't have to be quarantined afterward and is allowed to play. What exactly was the purpose of the fine? 
wouldn't a team reprimanded essentially be just as good for him? Not only does the way the league handled the two-player violations raise more questions, it also shines a brighter spotlight on how the NBA's health and safety protocols aren't necessarily aligned with the changing protocols in various NBA sites. For Porzingis, whom ESPN's Tim Tim Mc... Excuse me, um... Tim McMahon reported is fully vaccinated. He would still be in violation of the league's health and safety protocol at the time. When cities are relaxing restrictions for those who are fully vaccinated and federal guidelines are changing quickly. Um, let's see. The Federal Center of Disease Control and prevention has already provided updated guidance on the matter, indicating that vaccinated people don't need to wear masks in any setting except where required by federal, state, local, um, tribal, or territorial laws, rules, and regulations, including local businesses and workplace guidance. There are several factors still unknown about James' attendance at the outdoor event and those individuals at the strip club when Porzingis was there, complicating de- determining whether either player violated local guidelines as they relate to outdoor gatherings or indoor bars slash clubs in Los Angeles. Technically, customers are expected to wear masks in bars and restaurants whenever they are not drinking. Good luck legislating that gray area for hundreds of players spread across the country. And let's not forget local new local laws aren't necessarily the same as the, those on the books for, for the state of California, which has been slower than some states to ease some of its health and safety protocols. The league's natural pushback on how it has handled James and Porzingis' health and safety protocol violations centers around how the NBA has handled the coronavirus from the first positive test. The number of positive test results has been relatively low both inside the bubble to close out last season and for the most part during the 2020 to 2021 campaign. According to NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, more than 70% of NBA players have received a coronavirus vaccine. For now, the NBA must grapple with optics. There's already a perception that punishments related to health and safety protocols are not equitable among superstar and non-superstar players. Because right now, the NBA is perceived as a league where stars are given preferential treatment on many levels, both on and off the court. And the way the NBA handled James and Porzingis' health 
and safety protocols violations shows how even the perception of unfair treatment can backfire. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. Before I even go to the next topic, I would like to actually um, say I have to really I have to really agree with this whole idea of you know the fact that you know LeBron James is getting preferential treatment. This is this is a guy who is not only um, a Laker. This is also the same guy who's also into the whole the whole the whole BLM movement and all that other stuff. But I really have to I really gotta say, man, like I did see the picture of him um with Drake. However, do I feel like that um just because um he's an NBA superstar and he gets preferential treatment? While while um the other player is getting fifty a fifty thousand dollar fine, I say yes because this sounds like favoritism, and and he's getting the preferential treatment just because he's famous. Well, guess what? Fame and being a superstar doesn't doesn't cover what you did, and. I really hate I really hate I really hate to say this though man but he is a fucking hypocrite and I and I don't like hypocrites you know what I'm saying you are a public figure and there's a lot of people that's looking up to you um that's looking up to you because of the fact that you, because of the fact that you are a public fi- figure whatsoever um you 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 chose to you chose not to 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 abide by the uh the the protocols of the coronavirus and stuff yo you're just crazy as fuck man all right you're just crazy as hell and i and i say this bluntly and brutally honestly so before I even go to the next topic, I need to do something like this. Hold on a second. Um, before I even get to the sound effect, um, I do I do hate the idea that we live in a world that has to do with people getting preferential treatment. Like I hear this all the time with Long Islanders who live in the South Shore. I mean, with all the snobs and everybody else. But, you know what I'm saying? And to me, that just sounds like, that just sounds like favoritism to me. And I don't appreciate favoritism whatsoever. Favoritism to me, it's just, it's just, it's just like getting a fucking hall pass. Nah. That's a no for me, man. That's a no for me. Um, and, um, speaking of which, we're going to go to this, we're going to go to, we're going to go to the city field thing. So, um, in case you haven't noticed city field 
is offering a drive-through COVID-19 vaccination um, right now. So let's read this. Drive-through COVID-19 vaccinations will soon be offered at the mass inoculation site at City Field. Mayor de Blasio announced to, um, excuse me, um, oh boy, he announced this, when did he announce this? He announced this, um, since, since last month of Tuesday, um, says starting Thursday, New Yorkers and cars can drive up to the Queens home of the Mets and get jabbed. Appointments will be required. This is in addition to the vaccine site at City Field itself, de Blasio said, during the City Hall press briefing. Since City Field opened as an an immunization site in February, more than 100,000 doses have been administered there, his owner noted. Now, we're going to make it easy for folks to come on over, get a shot, and keep moving, de Blasio said, adding. So what a great place to get vaccinated to help protect yourself, your family, and your whole city. Additionally, de Blasio announced another incentive to get people vaccinated against the coronavirus, a free two-week membership to City, to city Bike. Interesting. That is really good. That is a really good deal if you have not gotten vaccinated yet, de Blasio said. We're going to encourage vaccination in all sorts of new ways. The date New York City has administered more than 7.1 million vaccine shots. About 3.8 million Big Apple residents have received at least one close data shows okay um all right i do i do realize that there's a, this 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 there's some hesitancy going on with with certain people but at the same at the same time at some point at some point like like I previously said in a previous episode, um, like you can't use the Tuskegee experiment as an excuse to not care for other people. You know what I mean? I feel that, you know, and another thing that really annoys me has to do with conspiracy theorists. Last time I checked, conspiracy theorists don't really have um, accurate information. They have misleading information to project fear into other people into not taking into not taking the vaccine. And I hate to say this, but I'm not going to be part of a bandwagon of anti-vaccine people. Because at the end of the day, every human being has a free will. I have a free will. You have a free will. Your friends have a free will of their choice, their personal choice. Everybody has a free will. Just, just 
Think about other people that you care about so you, so they don't end up getting sick. That's my message. Um, Let's see. Let's see. What else I want to talk about here? Hang on, folks. Um, I did. Oh. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let's talk about the Metro Mars thing. All right. Let's talk about the Metro Mars thing. Um, hold on a second. Let's talk about the Metro Mars thing. All right. Um, quality control rapper Metro Mars. <laughs> I can't believe that's his name. Arrested after showering his graduation class with 10K. I repeat, 10K. Splashing 10K during a graduation of, of a high school in Atlanta, Georgia. Man. Atlanta rapper Metro Mars 2021 high school graduation will be one that students at Langston Hughes High School in Fairburn, Georgia, uh, surely won't forget. The quality music signee was recently arrested outside of the ceremony on Friday, May 21st, after he decided to throw $10,000 in cash into the crowd of his fellow graduates. Yes. Um, let's. In a clip that has since gone viral, Mars could be seen walking across the stage right before pulling out the giant water cash from his pants. Students went wild, of course, at the idea of diplomas and free money. However, faculty and staff were not pleased as on-site police officers later apprehended the by Felicia. <laughs> by Felicia. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. By Felicia MC and took him outside. In various, in various videos, circulating the internet folks could be heard cheering on the 18 year old and telling him we got your back in other clips the crowd was yelling let him go while police attempted to arrest him officers informed his father who pleaded with the rapper to hand him the rest of the money that his son would not be walking out with his class his management team, who introduced themselves on the rapper's Instagram page, uploaded a clip of the Hold Me Down rapper being escorted off the premises. In, a, in the caption, they wrote, Hashtag free me, y'all. Y'all tag at the shade room in the comments, which this is not one of the sources that I use, actually. Shade room, I don't really mess with them. In the comments, hashtag 
um, class of 2021. I love y'all. They added this his management team. Hashtag free Metro. He will get out in a couple hours. Fans of social media also reacted to the news with many slamming the, the school for arresting the young artists, including one Twitter user who wrote, Black people go through the most unnecessary bullshit. They added, You are telling me Metro Mars was arrested for throwing 10K to his classmates? but y'all can't even arrest and indict racist-ass cops who kill black people? Oh, boy. Another person another person commented, hey, fuck the police for arresting Metro Mars for throwing money at his high school graduation. Let that young man live, bitches. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I would agree with that with that one right there. Yeah, others criticized Mars' behavior and accused him of making stealing the spotlight like a third person who wrote I there is a rant I have in me as to why graduation high school has become an unpleasant event as people turn it into being about me, 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 not respecting the ceremony. But I'm old, so. Huh. TMZ reported that Mars, whose real name is Mark, Mark Marcus Smith, was detained, detained and charged with inciting a riot. That shit is so fucking ridiculous. I do have some thoughts on that, but hold on a second. And this disorderly conduct. He spent a few hours at a nearby precinct before being hit with a fine and later released. Ironically enough, the visual for Mars' popular single by Felicia was shot on his high school's campus. <laughs> okay. You know why I find this to be so bullshit? I find it to be bullshit because this is a young man who just who just trying to who just graduated high school in Georgia, Langston Hughes High School out of all places. Why in the hell would you arrest him to to quote unquote say he's inciting inciting a riot? How is he inciting a riot if he's is he if he's like basically splashing money so so he could give back to the people? All he was doing was giving back to the people. He wasn't doing anything harmful. And yes, I would say, I would say, why not arrest the renegade cops who are killing African Americans and stuff like that, right? I would say that. And 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 please, what is your what is your logical fucking reason for arresting this guy for inciting a fucking riot? How is he inciting a riot? I'll fucking wait. Sorry about the, 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 the background. I'm going to re-record that sound effect later after this recording. 
So, um, this is just crazy to me, man. You know, I find this to be very, 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 very ridiculous. And I just find it to be, oh, man. Okay. This whole bullshit of, of the cops arresting this 18-year-old and stuff like that is so corny to me. This is so fucking corny to me. And this deserve this deserves to be flushed. And the reason I'm going to flush this bullshit out the way is because I'm gonna I'm gonna flush the renegade cops who who don't know what the fuck they're doing. Renegade rotten sour apple cops, you are about to get flushed. All right. Um, all right. That was my little tangent on the whole the whole um, Metro Mars thing, which I can't believe he's been he's been kind of arrested and stuff. So um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Um, um, let me get to the. Uh, Let's go to the epic Zoom fails. Um, I remember seeing something online. Um, what is it? Oh, man. So there's been some... Um, let me see. You know what, though? I am going to hold off on the epic Zoom fails because I am going to hold off on the epic Zoom fails, so I'll, I'm going to revisit that. Um... And I think I'm going to actually, you know, go to the next, the next topic segment, which is called, I want to actually get this right away. We are going to go to, we are going to go to, hang on a minute here. We're going to go to a segment called TV Show Checkouts. And this segment of TV Show Checkouts is where we actually suggest to you the types of TV shows to, to actually check out. This is not just a recommendation. This is just a suggestion on the things that you're looking forward to getting your mind off of stressful events and over the over fucking politics. So so here we go. Um our first TV recommendation goes to goes to Kung Fu. Um hang on. Waiting for this to load. Waiting for this to load up. Easy. Okay. Here we go. So, Kung Fu is an American martial arts action adventure television series that premiered on the CW on April 7, 2021 of this year. Set in the present, 
It is an adaptation of the 1970 series of the same title. It is produced by Warner Brothers Television. Um, as was the original series and Kung Fu, the legend continues. Executive producers include Christina M. Kim, developer of the CW series, Ed Spielman, creator of the original series, Greg Balanci, Martin Giro, Robert Barons, and Sarah Skechter. It is one of the few American network dramas to feature a, pro a predominantly Asian American cast, including veteran actor Z. Ma. In May 2021, the series was renewed for a second season. Wow, a second season it got renewed. Give it up for a round of applause for for getting renewed for a second season. All right. Um now in case you you don't know who the cast members are. I will fill you in on this. So the cast goes by like this. Olivia Liang, Kang Hua Tan, Eddie Lu, Shannon Dang, John Prasida, Gavin Stenhouse, Vanessa Kai, Tony Khan, and Z Ma. You can catch Kung Fu on Wednesdays at 8 on the CW. Now, another TV show to that I want to um, suggest is one of my favorite one of my favorite cartoons besides The Simpsons, Bob's Burgers, Family Guy, and and Great North and stuff is a series called Duncanville. Um, Duncanville is an American adult animated sitcom created by Amy Fulber, Mike Scully, and Julie Scully that premiered on Fox on February 16, 2020. The series features the voices of Pol Polar, Ty Burrell, Ricky Lindholm, Zach Cherry, Yasir Lester, Bessie Sodaro, Rashida Jones, Joy Osminski and Wiz Khalifa. Um, yes. So basically, um, that's basically what this is. Um, so the premise of the show centers um, on the life of Duncan Harris, an average 15 year old boy who is always one step away from making a bad decision. Along with Duncan lives his mom, a parking enforcement officer who dreams of being a detective someday and always has to watch Duncan. His dad, who tries to be a better father figure to Duncan than his father was to him. His sister, Kimberly, who is a normal teenager going through normal teen phases, and his other adopted Asian sister, Jing, who is an intelligent five-year-old who is always giving Duncan advice. 
Mia is Duncan's on and off crush. Okay. Yeah, like I said, like I said, man. Um, yeah, like I said, um, so the cast members of Amy Fowler, Ty Burrell, Ricky Lindholm, Zach Cherry, Yester Lester, Bestie Sodaro, Joy Amansky, Rashida Jones, Wiz Khalifa, recurring Kathy Najimi, Natalie Palamides, John Viner. Of course, guest is Alice Cooper, Alex Honnold, Anna Gastier, Paul Fusco, Rick Springfield, Judy Sheet, and Lynn. Carlos Alas Rocky, Adam Adam Scott, Arby Praza, Rita Nick Offerman, Finn Wolfhard, Gerald McRaney, and Horatio Sands. Um all right. You can catch Duncanville on Mondays at 9 30. On Fox 5. And that's going to do it for episode 38. If you like what you heard, all you got to do is show some love by making a generous donation to my PayPal, which is which is paypal.me slash gmoneystacks555 Queens, New York. Another way you could another way you could do it is is my cash app, which is dollar sign G Money Stacks 555. Um, that's dollar sign G M O N E Y S T A C K Z 555. Once again, not asking you to break the bank. All you gotta do is your best on what you can afford. Now, before I get to the streaming platforms, before I get to the streaming platforms, if you would like to be a guest, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, whether you are a rapper, singer, black-owned translator that has a business, radio personality, podcast host like myself, um, and you have any topic ideas, you have any um, chain letters that you need advice on that, that could be read on air, and other career fields, everybody is welcome. So all you have to do is go to this email right here, which is off the meat rat chains and why podcast at gmail.com. That's off the meat rat chains and why podcast at gmail.com. Um, before I even go to the streaming platforms, I would like to make a quick reminder that the recording for episode 39 has been pushed from Saturday to June 8th because I have to go to work. So in case you're wondering about episode 39, it's not going to be on Saturday. It's been pushed to June 8th, which is a Tuesday. So don't worry. I got you.
Now, um, where you can find me, you can find you can find me along with the podcast. Let's go to Facebook and Instagram, which is the same name all in one, which is all the Meat Rat Chains NY podcast. And along with my um Instagram primary handle, which is G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Now to the streaming platforms on to go. Also, you can subscribe to off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast on these streaming platforms to go, which I'm going to include Podorama, Anchor, Spotify, Audio Burst, Deezer, TuneIn Plus Alexa, Play FM, Podchaser. Don't forget to go to the Podchaser link in the link tree slash GMoneyStacks555. So you can give a five star rating and show some show some love, share your thoughts on on previous episodes, including today's episode. Um, we are on Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Breaker, Listen Notes, Google Podcasts, and please don't forget to listen to Off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast on Amazon Music along with iHeartRadio, the number one app for podcasting. And last but not least, the YouTube. I need all the listeners that's listening right now, including current listeners and new listeners, to subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is GMoneyStacks555, for more video content when the show goes on the air live. Be sure to tap on the notification bell, enabled alerts, so you can be notified on when the show goes on the air live. Upcoming episodes, previous recorded episodes, like, and be sure to comment on the episodes with the topics that was discussed. And also, don't forget to rate. Don't forget to download. Don't forget to don't forget to share the podcast along with the audio streaming platforms that I just mentioned to your friends. And tell tell you tell your friends everybody whether you whether you're musicians, whether you're workers, whether it's models, you know, spread the word. Spread the word. That's all I'm going to say. Now, now this has been episode 38. Episode 38 is in the books. Give it up for a round of applause for a major milestone for, for this podcast. And I got to say, I didn't think I was going to really make it out there. Although it's been very difficult to actually do episodes by myself, as I previously stated in in episode 36, is that it's not the same if I don't have anybody to share my thoughts and talks and laughs with. Because it's kind of hard to to actually, you know, do every, to do everything. So, so... With that, with that being said, I'd like to say thank you 
to everybody, including including the people who tuned in. Um, I'd like to go over uh, one more thing as far as as far as this the states um that tuned in. So let me get to that before I wrap up. Um, just a second as I go to as I go to anchor real quick. So I want to be able to. All right. Um, all right. I am on anchor right now. So here we go. Now, um, now we're going to go to, um, we're going to go to the United States. I'd like to give a shout out to the States, which includes, which includes, um, Arizona that listen, Avondale. I like to I like to give a shout out to New Orleans, Louisiana. Um Honolulu. Um there's Indiana, Colorado, New Jersey, Florida, West Palm Beach, South Carolina, North Carolina. Um, let me, hold on. Carrie and Charlotte, I'd like to give a shout out to, um, New Mexico, Massachusetts, Maryland, Minnesota, Atlanta, Georgia, including Douglasville, Evans, um, Michigan, Ohio, Washington, California, especially San Francisco, Sacramento, Van Nuys, Mill Valley, Los Angeles, Texas, Dallas, Fulshire, Conroe, also Pennsylvania, Pocono Summit, Malvern, Pittsburgh, Media, and Philadelphia. Um, shout out to Chicago, Highland Park, Everston, Lake Forest, Oregon, Boardman, also Virginia, Ashburn, and also, last but not least, my state of where I was born and raised, which is New York. Shouts to Cambria Heights, Queens, New York, Brooklyn, um, Larchmount, Hempstead, Fishkill, Queensbury, East Hampton, and the Bronx. All these states that I mentioned, I want to say thank you for tuning in, rocking with the show and also thank you for listening 
And I would like to say, and I would like to say before I even go, like I always say, if you have a dream of what you want to do as far as creating a podcast like myself, whether you want to be a radio personality or whatever career field it is, don't let any clown burger stop you from doing from doing what you gotta do. Because at the end of the day, you're not pleasing, you're not pleasing the people, you're pleasing yourself and what makes you happy. Also, also, if you notice that a friend is, you know, not doing too well mentally, physically, spiritually, like I always say, you don't have to wait till uh, May of each year to find out how a person is doing. All you have to do is just reach out. You know what I'm saying? All you got to do is reach out. It's not, it's not really, it's, well, I can't say it's not that hard, but of course there's a time and a place to do things, but don't let that discourage you from reaching out to, to your friends on what they're going through and what they're experiencing. Um, and you know, you know, I, also would like to actually say if I can empower somebody inspire somebody motivate somebody into into doing their thing especially whether it's music what is what is radio personality what is what is podcasting like myself any other career field whatsoever you you are in need of inspiration and motivation and I'm here to give and I'm here to give it to you also before I even wrap up don't forget to follow um my boy um Scorpio P along with his co-host um Marie um on Instagram which is Mr. Phil Williams MF underscore Optimus and the Break Room Sports Podcast every Friday, which is which is tomorrow. Tune in tomorrow for the Break Room Sports Podcast on YouTube at 6 p.m. Also, also you can listen to their podcast on Spotify and whatever you get your podcast to listen to. So shout outs to Scorpio P and Marie from the Break Room Sports Podcast. They're the reasons why I didn't give up on myself on, on creating this podcast again off the ground. And I'm also inspired by other podcasters to also, you know, keep going and create another podcast, which I will discuss that in a future episode. So stay tuned. I can't say too much about it. So, so stay tuned and rock with me on this one. So, so like I said, man, this has been, this has been an epic episode 38. So, so I like to give myself this for motivational purposes and some shots. And of course, for reaching a milestone, episode 38, and another one.
Yeah. And, you know, with that being said, I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening, tuning in, rocking with me. And I hope you guys enjoy this weekend. And be careful out there. Be safe. Be masked up. Don't be afraid to take a chance and take a risk. Because at the end of the day, when you take a risk, you get a reward at the end. There's always going to be a light at the end of the tunnel when you're going through dark times. So so I want to say that you are not alone in this in this case. All right. I'm G Money Stacks. I am going to be clocking out. Peace and one love. Listen, if you like what you heard, all you got to do is follow the podcast, comment about the topics and what you thought about the episodes of Off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast on Facebook and Instagram so you can be a part of the discussions for each topic every week. Plus, if you would like to be a guest co-host to chime in on topics, topic ideas, interviews, whether you are a rapper, singer, black-owned trendsetter that has a business, producer, actor, actress, doctor, DJ, VJ, radio personality, podcast host, other career fields, need advice that you want us to read on the air like a chain letter about anything, you can email the show at Off the Meat Rat Chains NY Podcast at gmail.com o-f-f-t-h-e-m-e-a-t-r-a-c-k-c-h-a-i-n-z n-y-p-o-d-c-a-s-t at gmail.com now where you can follow us is on facebook and instagram which is all in one word which is off the meat rat chains NY podcast alongside with my Instagram handle G money stacks 555 in Queens, New York. That's G M O N E Y S T A C K Z five, five, five I N Q U E E N S 
NY. That's G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Now, in case you miss any of the episodes, don't worry. I got you. You can download your favorite episodes, like, subscribe, show the podcast some love with a five-star rating. We show our realness as far as the subjects being discussed in the conversations we have in each episode of the podcast. Inspire, motivate, sense of humor is an important key here because I believe laughter is the best medicine when it comes to dark times. We want the show to be the safety net of putting a smile on your faces, whether it's having bad days, losses of loved ones, work, and other difficult challenges. The show will be there for you no matter what you are going through. You are not alone in this case. Be sure to comment on the episodes with the topics. Share the podcast and streaming platforms of of Anchor, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Breaker, Deezer, Pocket Cast, Podchaser, Listen Notes, Player FM, Podorama, Podcast Addict, Google Podcasts, Audio Burst. And don't forget, you can find Off the Meat Rat Chains New York Podcast on Amazon Music iHeartRadio, and the YouTube. Plus, don't forget to subscribe to the channel page, GMoneyStats555. Click on the notification bell so you can be reminded of when Off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast goes on the air live, upcoming live stream episodes, previous recorded episodes, like, comment on the episodes with the topics, share the podcast, including the streaming services, with your friends. I'm Gene Money Stacks, and thank you all for listening, tuning in, sticking around with us, and watching us on YouTube. And let's keep the views going and the subscribers going on the YouTube. Thank you. One love.